Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Fantasy Sports Today. And away we go. It's Fantasy Sports Today right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. That's F-N-T-S-Y. Dan Straver, George Kurtz with you for the next two hours, getting ready for week 13. Lucky number 13, talking about uh, what you need to do probably in your fantasy football playoffs, talking about uh, DFS and some wagering all along the way. George, it's Saturday morning. It's me. It's you. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing well, Dan, right? Doing doing well. It's uh, It's my oldest daughter's... 12th birthday party today. It's not happy, her birthday. Oh, okay. Happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday. Yeah, it's, so it's uh, going to be a good week. Oh, I don't know. I should I should say it's going to be a good weekend, Dan, because she's having a sleepover. So I'm going to have between five <laughs> and seven preteen girls here most of the afternoon and tonight and tomorrow morning. So uh, I, maybe I should enjoy this morning before all hell breaks loose. Uh, I was going to say, it's. Uh, I'll say go with God because I don't know what else to say at the point. <laughs> It's uh, my uh, my eight year old is talking about a sleepover, but it's dependent on us finishing our basement before her birthday. So I'm kind of slow playing, finishing the basement. Way to go, it. Dad! <laughs> exactly. Whoops! Didn't didn't hit that deadline. I apologize. Um, amazing. Uh, I hope you uh, have many uh, sleepless minutes tonight as they run back and forth to get like random water from the bathroom and spill it all over the place. Um, Thank you so much, Dad. Yeah, yeah that's that. why I'm here. That's Love you too. <laughs> Smooches. Uh, Obviously, lots to talk about week 13. Uh, talk about the elephant in the room here at the top. Uh, Cream Hunt, obviously, uh, that situation has many layers to it. Um, and uh, I will say that uh, you can be uh, very specifically upset about the fantasy implications, but hopefully still uh, aware of the much larger discussion that needs to happen around uh, the video that was released, how the NFL handled it, how Kansas City handled it, how Cream Hunt handled it. Uh, I, I hope uh, we can... Uh, talk about that topic uh, as a uh, public uh, on Twitter, if you so choose, uh, in person, uh, and have honest, open discussions about that. With that said, George, uh, this is a fantasy football program. Uh, want to focus uh, therein? It, it would seem as though the biggest benefactor would have to be Spencer Ware. Um, do you see anything else, fantasy football wise, uh, that trickles down from this uh, outside of Spencer Ware being? ultimately major chalk this weekend in DFS and probably the most picked up player over the weekend. You know, uh, as you said, we don't want to trivialize what happened. It was terrible, Uh, but we are a fantasy show here. So we will talk about the fantasy implications here. I think you saw yesterday exactly what happened as far as fantasy is concerned here. Now, I have to be at my computer when it happened. And I was there. I mean, literally, as it happened, I think it was on Twitter as it happened. You know, and I'm reading it, and then I'm waiting because you don't know if the first reports weren't from, right. uh, you know, sources you knew. So I'm waiting, I'm waiting, and then Schefter reports it. And as soon as he reports it, you know, I'm, I'm talking to somebody either on Twitter, one of my followers, or it was on the Slack, the Roto Expert Slack channel. I forget who it was, uh, so I apologize. But it might have been Nick on the uh, Slack channel who I talk to quite often. He's asking questions, and he, one of his questions was, "Is this legitimate?" And I'm like, "I think it is." You know, I, I've seen the video; it looks legitimate. And then as soon as Shetter reports it, I'm like, "It's legitimate." And now the next uh, thing became, and once again, I'm not trying to trivialize what happened. We're talking fantasy. How it affects your fantasy t- league team here. People are asking, oh, what do I got to do? I got to claim where? Is he going to get suspended? Is he going to be uh, released? Da, 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 da. I'm like, you know, it's Friday. You know, sometimes if you want to bury a news story, you release it on Friday. That's why I'm surprised this TMZ video came out on a Friday. Usually yep. you expect this to come out on a Monday or a Tuesday, be in the news cycle for a couple, for a couple of cycles. In this case, the Friday was a little strange to me. Uh, so I didn't know what would happen. It came out late, late afternoon yesterday. Would the, the NFL, when they suspend people, uh, other suspension, not this kind of suspension, but for, you know, for whether it be drugs or what they've done on the field, anything like that, performance enhancing the drugs, they like to do it Monday or Tuesday so the team can prepare for them all week without them. You know, I guess 
if you want to say be somewhat fair, that's how they would look at right. it. So I wasn't sure they would, what they would do. But advise everybody immediately, even, even if it wasn't this weekend, it was going to be next weekend. You know, the commissioner's exemplist is automatic six games. Automatic. You know, you saw, we saw Elliott got suspended for less. And you go on and on with other players who got suspended for less. So you knew this was coming. Uh, so, you know, you had to go out and grab Spencer Ware. Had to. And, but how it affects fantasy leagues is there was a lot of bitching, a lot of moaning uh, about that it really became who got lucky. Yep. Who was Once again, I was at my computer, so I got first thing I did, I checked all my leagues. How many is Ware available in? And for me, it was he was only available in one, and it made sense a 10-team league, you know, a 10-team home league that no one, no one had claimed them. And I got him, so I immediately picked him up in that league. The other uh, leagues I play in, he was gone in all of them, so it didn't matter. But you saw people complaining how that's unfair because, you know, hey, if I didn't, I think someone used the example, it might have been Gary Davenport, uh, the, the IDP guy for Fantasy Sharks, who said, is that fair that because I had to go pick up my daughter from school, I wasn't able to claim him? And I get the point there. I do, and maybe uh, we do need to adjust our rules. In an overwhelming majority of league, Dan, we know how it works. You generally have your fab on you know, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, right. whatever it is. That's when fab generally runs, and then the rest of the week is first come, first serve. You know, yep. hey, if you, you know. And someone said, well, you know, in my league, we, they run fab, I believe, on Wednesday night, and then, or Wednesday or Thursday morning, I guess, before uh, the Thursday night game, and then again Sunday at 9 a.m., and then oh, okay. the only first come, first serve they have is that 9 a.m., to 1 p.m. You know, probably nothing's going to happen. Uh, yes, that would be fair, I guess. You know, um, my overwhelming thing is this. <sighs> it's uh, it, This doesn't happen very often. I understand right. this is an extreme case because it's Kareem Hunt. You know, it, uh, what is it, top 10 fantasy player? You know, old fan, top 10? So, yes, this is going to determine a lot of leads because the Kareem Hunt owner is going to lose. Not that Spencer Ware is going to be Kareem Hunt, but remember, he had the starting job before Hunt came along. He lost it because he tore his ACL. So now, who was able to pick him up? Theoretically, they could win a lot of leagues. So yes, I get the conundrum here. Yeah, I I hear you, and and uh, to uh, Gary Davenport or whoever it was, I absolutely hear the point. But you can't you can't solve for this. You can't solve for this sort of news breaking in your league rules um, outside of locking waivers, meaning that it's just fab. Um, and no other pickups during the week, which is what you know we do in, in a lot of my baseball leagues, but it's a different sport, right? It's a different way of doing uh, and, and different way that news breaks uh, where you find out who's playing and who's not. So it's a tough thing to navigate, and I, I think it's going to be one that is a one-off. And I hope, I hope it's a one-off. I hope we're done getting these sort of stories uh, from the NFL I have a feeling we're not, unfortunately, and I think that sucks. But um, I hope this is a one-off at this point and is not something that fantasy league owners need to solve for on a go-forward basis. Um, If you want to put a a rule in your league on specific situations, so be it. But you you sort of learn as we go here uh, with these outside uh, the rules uh, changes that happen on, on NFL rosters. And George said it, I said it, but again, uh, much bigger discussion that needs to happen uh, beyond the fantasy implications. But one to make sure to stay on topic here uh, on Fantasy Sports Today. As the name says, uh, that is what we are here to talk about. Um, news and notes from around the league kind of dwarfed, on, honestly, beyond this story uh, because of everything that uh, it becomes fantasy playoffs and, and anything else that goes on. You do have a, a number of... Uh, injuries that are worth discussing quickly here at the top. We'll do it again when we hit game by game. Um, you do have uh, J.J. Watt questionable against the Browns, so that does uh, have a hit if he does not play uh, for the Texans' defense. Uh, Baldwin was removed from the injury report. Gronk and Brady both removed from the injury report. want to get your take here, uh, George, on Baldwin and Gronk. Now, Gronkowski had a touchdown last week, a great catch over the middle, and he still seems as though he's not completely quite right. And that's the same with Doug Baldwin. Now, we're in fantasy playoff time. You're obviously playing your studs. You're not going to make decisions based on uh, bumps and bruises. But are you starting someone like a Baldwin? Gronk, uh, I think you have to start. You're not benching him unless you have Ertz as your backup tight end somehow or another. Um, and if you're in the playoffs by having those two on your roster, kudos to you. But um, 
are, are you worried at this point in the season? Are you taking into consideration the less than 100% aspect? I know everyone's less than 100%, but do you start to factor in the, the dings, the bumps, the bruises, all of these mounting injuries for a guy like Doug Baldwin? Well, I think you have to. I mean, just when he started to look good again, Dan. Right? What is it? Week 11? Week 11. He looked good. Uh, Wilson was talking about the end zone over and over and over again. Uh, I only connected with him once, but he started to look good. Right? Like the Doug Baldwin of old. We were going we to get paid off for our uh, Doug Baldwin shares. And then, boom, he gets hurt again. So it's frustrating. Uh, you can look at this game, even if Baldwin plays. A, they don't need him. They'll beat San Fran either way. The game could be a, somewhat of a blowout in the second half. And shout out to Scott Engel, who will be at this game. Uh, so good for him. But... So how much will he play in the second half? You know, this is a situation where I don't mind starting Russell Wilson because I think he'll get enough points, even in, even in a blowout in the first half, first two and a half, three quarters, where he'll make his fantasy day. I'm not worried about him. But Baldwin may not. You know, and you might have better players in your roster to replace him with. You, know, you mentioned Gronk. He's not in the same category because Arthur, you don't have a better player. I, don't, I think Gronk is about done. You know, you, even that game last week with Gronk. Yes, he had, he had a good first quarter. Caught that touchdown pass. Great play. Great throw. And they targeted him several other times in the end zone. Looked good in the first quarter. Last three quarters, he looked back to being the old, slow, beat-up Gronk. You yep. know, and that's, that's not a knock on Gronk. The man's taken a lot of hits over the years. A lot of hits. I think that's why he's talked about retirement over and over again uh, That we in the offseason. Why he wouldn't go to Detroit. It was, only, it was New England or bust. He wasn't changing up. Uh, he finished the game three catches, 56 yards. All right? So it means after that touchdown, which went about 30-plus yards, he had two catches for 20 yards. It was another Gronk day. It was just another Gronk day that we've seen every, every week since week one. You know, so I'm down on Gronk, but as you said, Dan, <laughs> who else could you possibly have at tight end not to start Gronk? So I think you're probably stuck with him because tight end has been a vast wasteland this year, right? With all the injuries, all the problems, there's no way you have an Ertz or a Kelsey where you could sit him because it wouldn't make any sense. So you, maybe you could have Jared Cook and we could talk. You know, I could see that. Cameron Brait, you could certainly have him, and I could so we could talk about that. I love Brait, Hooper, but for the most part, you probably don't. You know, you're probably forced him because you're not going to start Trey Burton over him. You know, Janu Smith, CJ Uzuma, one of the Pittsburgh guys who are, uh, you don't know week in and week out. You know, Evan Ingram's out this week again, too. I mean, I'm not starting Herndon over him, although I guess you could make the argument. But uh, so Gronk, you're stuck. I think you have to start Gronk. Baldwin, I don't think you do. You know, I think you should have other options on your roster. I, I'm right there with you with Baldwin. I just think it's been too much, and I think you make a good point. With the, you know, to use the phrase game script aspect aspect here, it does seem as though the second half could very much be a walkover for the Seahawks um, with uh, a focus on running the ball. And that's obviously been a focus every quarter for them, but uh, even more so if they have a lead in the second quarter, you may see uh, a lot of the, the trio in the backfield there getting it done. Let's uh, start getting game by game here. I think there's plenty... Uh, to break down by each game, we'll touch on injuries along the way just to make sure uh, we're covering off on all the different topics that uh, could be pertinent to your understanding of your roster construction for playoffs. And also, as we talk through, we'll uh, hit on any DFS plays or wagers that we like. Uh, and then final segment of the show, uh, we'll make sure to recap all that and give you our, our takes, uh, hot as they may be. Uh, let's uh, start with Ravens and Falcons, which is a really interesting one at the top here. Uh, I think that this game uh, has a pretty high over-under for what I was expecting, simply because I think the Ravens' defense it is as good as advertised, and I think the Falcons' offense is a little bit, a little bit overrated. I, I think there are a lot of pieces here. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I think this might be more of a struggle for the Falcons. Uh, I do uh, like that it's only a minus one. It opened minus one Ravens, and now it's uh, switched over to minus one Falcons. Listen, I I love Lamar Jackson this week. If you look at the Falcons and running backs, and, and Lamar Jackson is not a running back, George, I get it, uh, but he's a running quarterback uh, and would seem to have a big opening here against the Falcons. How do you rate this Baltimore Ravens offense against the Falcons, and which pieces do you think are, are goes this week uh, as we enter playoffs? All right, well, this looks like it could be the last week where L, L. Jax has the starting job to himself. Flacco's close, yep. and Flacco may even play a certain amount of plays. I don't think he will, but it wouldn't shock me if he does. Uh Lamar Jackson, now that the buys are over, he's not an automatic start for me. He doesn't make my top 12. He was making it when the buys were there. So I think the only the only quarterback you were probably starting week in and week out all season long that I'm starting Lamar Jackson over would be Matthew Stafford. 
you know, I'm, I'm done with Stafford moving on here. I think I'll start him over Brady, too. How sad is that? I think those are the only two guys, though, that I would start him over. I'm not starting over Carson Wentz. I know Wentz has been up and down. Phillip Rivers, someone like that. Ben Roethlisberger, no. But those guys, uh, and Brady would be tough, but I hate the matchup. I think Minnesota is going to keep this game close, uh, especially on defense here. So, uh, Lamar Jackson, like I said, not a top 12 guy for me. You look at the rest of the offense here. Gus Edwards goes for me here. That's it. That's just it. I can't trust the receivers with the Lamar Jackson. How is he going to play on the road, Dan? You know, first road game. Not an easy place to play in Atlanta. Dome going to be loud. I know the Falcons are out of it, but still, Dome going to be loud. And he may be forced to throw more this week because, while I agree with you, the Ravens' uh, defense is legit. Falcons are going to score some points. They're not going to score 35-40, but they're going to score points. So he's going to have more pressure to score this week. It's going to be on the road. I'm curious, as anybody else, uh, he's a... He's a running quarterback. He's not a very good thrower right now. The ball doesn't always go where he wants it to go. So, uh, listen, that's not surprising with uh, a rookie quarterback in the first place. But he, uh, he's a, a work in progress. So I do worry here somewhat about Lamar Jackson and about Baltimore. As for betting goes, this is what you know, uh, I'm on with Dane. Dane on Friday likes to do his uh, – everybody does their top three bets of the week. Atlanta yep. minus a point and a half is one of my top three. Oh, all right. I can see it. I, I see a way forward for uh, Atlanta to win this game. Uh, I just see it being lower scoring than Vegas does right now. So I, I'm intrigued by how this one plays out. We'll touch on some of the Atlanta plays on the other side. Gus Edwards, a product or somewhat of a product from Rutgers University. I always have to mention that on the show. Don't forget, we are talking about all Week 13 top plays and each game as we go through. You can find us on Twitter at FNTSY Radio. Ask any questions you have over there. Of course, it's at Dan Trafford and at George Kurtz as well. We'll be back on the other side of this break talking more of this game and much more right here on Fantasy Sports Radio. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your Daily Roto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Trafford, George Kurtz with you. Sean Engel on the ones and twos behind the glass producing all this magic each and every Saturday morning. We thank him for that. Uh, on the Falcon side of the ball here, George, I know you touched on a bit uh, with what you expect to have happen. Specifically, does Julio Jones score a touchdown this week? Go. No. No. <laughs> He, he scored in, what, three, three of the past four weeks or four weeks? It's a trend. Like that. That's a full-on right. trend, my friend. You know, they're they're targeting him too much in the red zone now. They should stop this. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's funny how things work out. It, it truly is. We were complaining, moaning, griping forever that they didn't use him enough. Now he's scoring touchdown to touchdown to touchdown. So uh, maybe they've alleviated They're that. ignoring Sanu. Come on. They are. Throw the ball to somebody else in the red zone. Come on. Uh, it's terrible. But, uh... I'll say no just for the hell of it. Sure. Prop yeah, bet? No, sure. he doesn't he didn't, he score this week. No. But uh, mainly because I don't think they're going to score a ton of touchdowns here. I'm still starting with Jones, of course. The only person of, of note that I may not start in this game would be Tevin Coleman. I mean, sure. there was an interesting stat this week that I saw, Dan. Uh, I believe yeah, – it might have been field at ESPN, but I'm not 100% sure on that. But uh, that on 19.6% of his carries, mm-hmm. Coleman loses yards. Jeez. Think about that. That's one of every five. And don't get me wrong. That's, you would think that's an incredible number. Saquon Barkley was up there at 12, 13%. Yep. But Tevin Coleman was number one. I mean, one, one in every five carries, and he's not Saquon Barkley. He's losing yardage. I'm like, wow. You know, I knew he wasn't having a good season, but uh, I didn't realize it was. Uh, he's put the team in some poor, poor Second down, second 12, second 13, stuff like that. So uh, interesting. I just found that interesting. So Tevin uh, Coleman is one guy I was worried about anyway. And against his Baltimore defense, I'm worried even more. Yeah, and I'll throw, uh, I know he's been uh, maybe a low-end flex in season long and somebody uh, from a DFS perspective that you're hoping he scores touchdowns. But Edo Smith's touches have gone down over the past couple weeks. And with this matchup, just seems like 
there's just no reason to go there. Uh, just to point out that if you're trying to find a flyer uh, for, you know, a DFS lineup or you're hunting and pecking for somebody in a season long injuries or whatever happened this past week, uh, I would stay away uh, from from Ido Smith as that flyer. We go next to Denver at Cincinnati and. Here's an interesting one. Again, uh, we're, we're talking streaming quarterbacks. We're talking about Jeff Driscoll. Uh, why the heck not? Uh, he was a, a Florida uh, student and then transferred to Louisiana Tech. Uh, he was one of the bigger quarterbacks in uh, the NFL draft. He was uh, drafted by the 49ers, got cut, and then has been uh, part of Cincinnati's system, I think, for two years now. Uh, he has a, a, a good makeup, but does have a bit of a uh, erratic passing motion that can cause some issues. You can see he doesn't really repeat uh, the motion each time. But against this Broncos defense at home, any interest in a little Jeff Driscoll action heading into Sunday morning? Uh, no, not at all. Not one little bit. Um, Hanson, he's going to make his first start. Denver will be prepared for him. They'll see the film on him. They'll make their... Uh, there they will make their their adjustments to him. Denver's a good defense, you know, not great, but good. Uh, so I think there'll be some problems. Yeah, AJ Green maybe at full strength, maybe not. Maybe plays right. the whole game, maybe doesn't. Who knows? I just got, just got a question on uh, not on Twitter on uh, the Rotorex Slack uh, Slack channel, in which uh, the question is: They need to sit one of these guys. And they're all good players: Dalvin Cook, Sony Michelle, Mike Evans, Stephon Diggs, AJ Green. Now you want to start them all. I get it. It's standard league. The guy's team is uh, pretty loaded here, if, he, if this is his choices. And obviously they are. And my advice was, I also Green here. Why do I have to throw, worry about Driscoll being a rookie quarterback, Green's toe, things going well in him playing the entire game? In this case, I don't. In most cases, I'm starting Green. I have in my home league, I'm starting Green. I don't have these choices. You know, I might second be excited D.D. Westbrook over him, someone like that. I'm not doing that. But in this case... I will uh, I'll play the conservative route and not take any chances here. So, no, I have uh, no interest in Driscoll. I think uh, Cincinnati will run the, try and run the ball, and Denver, I think, knows this too, and they'll try and stop the run, force them to throw the ball to beat them. Just don't know if it'll work. You know, we talked about you, uh, talk about Dane. Also, Dane Martinez is part of the show, the Spittin' Statistician. Interesting nickname. Uh, and one of his favorite bets was Denver covering. Interesting. Yeah, and uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't think about it when I first went over my favorites, and I do like. There's a lot of games this week, but when I started to look at, it, I'm like, wow, he's he's really got a point when you think about it. I mean, Cincinnati's falling apart. You know, it's minus five. Keenum's played better on the road of late. Rookie quarterback. You know, I kind of like this as well. Uh, I think if I had to make five, if I had to make five choices, this would have been number five for me because I do think uh, Denver covers here as well. I'd give the. It's points. also a line that's pushed, right? It's a line that went from minus three and a half to minus five. So all of a sudden, you have a much bigger, bigger window there for for the Denver that money cover. coming in. Yep, the Denver Denver money's coming in. So that's that's what's happening here. But uh, I kind of like Denver in this game as well. But uh, yeah, rookie quarterback not, and we're not talking about a top rookie. You know, this is a guy who's starting because hey. Dalton is gone for the season. It's not a guy that we were all waiting. Oh, when's Driscoll going to get his first? Oh, let's see this guy. It's not the case here. So uh, I think Cincinnati's going to have some problems tomorrow. So as uh, a New Yorker, you may not know, there's a uh, bridge uh, in New Jersey called the Alfred E. Driscoll Bridge, which uh, you have to go over uh, to get uh, Parkway North or Turnpike North. So if you're heading to the city from where I grew up, you'd go over the Driscoll Bridge. And forever it didn't have a name. It did, but it wasn't posted anywhere. And then they put up this gigantic sign that everyone knew is the Driscoll Bridge. So I was going to try to make a, a bridging reference here, but no one would get it anyway. So I just need to explain myself before moving on. Um, <laughs> what, what about, I will sleep better now hearing this explanation. Oh, but you're not sleeping tonight, remember? Uh, the uh, Steve G thinks I should sleep at someone else's house. I saw go, sleep, go sleep at my mom's house or someone like that. Uh, it's interesting. Hey, honey, listen. Listen, uh, honey, I, uh, I, it's great we're having a sleepover party. I think it's great. Um, I'm happy that our daughter's going to be happy. That's awesome. I'm so proud of that. But I'm going to go sleep at my mom's. Okay, honey. I'll, I'll, I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Oh, leave my key? I should leave my key? That's oh, that's weird. Um, all right. I shouldn't. I should pack a big bag. Oh, oh, this is bad, isn't it? This is bad. Uh, no, yeah, that's that how it goes, Steve. That's not going to fly. My wife heard it in the uh, background, by the way. It was sharpening a knife at the time. So uh, <laughs> enough said. Enough said. Uh, Denver pieces. Um, anybody? Uh, Lindsay? 
Lindsey's a must. He's close to a yeah. running back one week in and week out. He's I so much fun this, to watch play, too. I think I discussed it with Jim Day uh, on Fantasy Football Rewind last Sunday night. Uh, outside, outside of the James Conner division, okay? No James Conner here. Is Philip Lindsay your fantasy MVP? I think he has to be up there, right? Um, it's you, tough to find was, somebody else. It, he was undrafted. In most, like, what was his ADP? Uh, it was a free agent in the fantasy, too, right? Yeah. Very, very late. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think for value, talking about that I- idea of uh, an MVP being the, the player you draft latest with the highest upside, and obviously you can average out points per draft slot if you really wanted to, I think he has to be, yeah. I agree. I mean, I, I agree. I think uh, when, it, when it comes to Lindsay, uh, the way I look at fantasy MVP is this. Yeah, listen, Todd Gurley's been great, but he's your first-round pick. He's doing what you want him to do, right? I mean, that's the way I look at things. I think when it comes to fantasy MVP, it has to be somebody – no one saw coming. You know, they, oh, my God, this guy's going to – because Philip Lindsay's going to win a lot of leagues for people. So is Todd Gilliam. Yep. Philip Lindsay certainly is. Uh, because, once again, you got him for free. Connor, same thing. I understand Connor probably wins this question. As of right now, though, he's been slow the past couple of weeks. Maybe he doesn't. But uh, I think Philip Lindsay is right up there, top five as far as fantasy MVP is concerned here. He's having a great season. He's in your lineup week in and week out. I mean, hey, if you have a decision to make in fantasy, God bless you. He's just strong at running back. And it could certainly happen because he was a late addition here. But for most people, he's in your line. He's a, he's a mainstay. You plug him in there. Who, who are you worried about? It's not Royce Freeman. You know, he's not getting right. anything done here. And I feel bad for Royce because I've said it before. I think he's a good running back, but he's the type of back that needs volume. He's the type of back who will wear defenses down in the second half when he's on that 16th, 17th carry, and they just don't want to be. They don't want to hit him anymore because he's he's hurting. You know, they're hurting him or he's hurting them. So I think that's the type of bad back he is. But he's not going to get that volume. Just not going to get it. Because Lindsey has just been so good and dynamic. Now, I might worry that Lindsey's he's a smaller guy. They might get hurt one day. And I think he's got to cut down a little of the uh, bravado he plays with. He's a walking 15-minute penalty. He seems to have something to say after every hit. And I wonder if that's going to bite him in the butt uh, at some point. But he's in your lineup. I mean, there's just no doubt he's in your lineup. Any other pieces here that you think are goes? Or is this offense just not trustworthy enough outside of Philip Lindsey? Oh, you put, probably put Emmanuel Sanders in, right, Manny? I can't see how you're staying away from him. Cincinnati has been terrible against the pass. I know Sanders is a little banged up all of a sudden. The went on the injury report late, but he's going to play. So uh, he's certainly in my lineup. That's it. I mean, uh, and DFS, maybe you're going to have some Case Keenum shares. I have no, no issue with that. But as far as redraft leagues, you need to win week 13, get in your playoffs and all that stuff. Uh, I can't see you putting anybody else in. No, I'm not going Cortland Sutton. Uh, once again, that's more of a DFS play for me. And I will have a lineup with Keenum, with Sutton, just to see what happens there. Uh, but nobody else, no. Freeman, no. I said Sutton, I'm not starting in redraft leagues. Uh, Huberman's out for the year. What a, that was sort of a shame. He wants to get tight end brutal. Yep. And that's it. There's really no one else to talk about here. Yeah, I think you're right. And a bit of a, a gloss over. Manny Sanders could have a huge week here if... Keenum has a decent week. Uh, so Manny Sanders should be part of your plans here. Um, I think at least as a DFS play, if you have uh, the, the roster spot and the, the salary there, and I think he, he should be at least on your radar. Uh, let's uh, keep the, the ball rolling here and go on to any interest in the uh, over-under here. You mentioned the, the spread. Any interest in 44.5 for uh, the under uh, therein? I can't because I mentioned uh, Cincinnati has had problems against the pass, so Denver could easily score. It wouldn't shock me to score 27 points somewhere. And I could see where you know Cincinnati does score, but I can see where they don't do, where it's 27-10 because Driscoll can't get anything done on offense in his first start. I could see that. So I'm going to leave the over-under alone. But once again, if it's one of the things where I had to pick, I'd take the under here because I do worry more about Cincinnati not being able to score than Denver. I, I, I think Denver will score, but I don't think they're going you know, to not gonna be a Casey Chiefs offense or Saints offense to score 40 points and cover the over by themselves. I think 27, you know, maybe 28, 30 points is their max. But the problem is yep. I, can see 10, I, I can see Cincinnati scoring 10. I can just see it. So I'm not going to touch this. But if you made me, Dan, you know, if you forced me to pick, which is not very nice of you, then I'll take the under. 
makes uh, sense to me, and I think I'm right in line with you there. Uh, we've talked many times over on the show about not enjoying betting the under, so uh, probably worth pointing that out again here. As we uh, talk, let's go next uh, to our next game up, which would be Rams at Lions. Holy moly, let's have some fun with the L.A. Rams against one of the worst pass defenses in all of the National Football League, ranking 31st in DVOA over there on uh, Football Outsiders against the pass. They are 20, let's say 29th against wide receiver ones, 30th against wide receiver twos, 32nd against slot slash uh, third receivers. This is a putrid Detroit secondary or pass defense as a whole. And here you have this Rams offense that has such gigantic upside. You're starting them all, obviously, from a season-long perspective. But how do you break it down? Who are your favorites? uh, And uh, which pieces from the Rams do you think will have the biggest upside this weekend? Detroit's a mess. I mean, Detroit is just a mess. You think about it. And this affects the offense and defense. All right, Stafford was having a bad year to begin with. Now they traded Golden Tate. Marvin Jones is on IR. He's done. Kerryon Johnson's not going to play. I mean, there's just nothing left here. I mean, there's just nothing left. Uh, you're probably still starting Galladay, but keep in mind, could keep Tlaib is back. Right? And uh, the Rams think this is going to be, he's their cure-all. And maybe he is. I don't know if he's going to cure everything. Marcus Peters was just awful. But now he does go up against number two uh, wide receivers, not number one. So maybe Tlaib does help there. But I'm, so I'm wondering how that domino is going to affect Tlaib back and how everything else works out. And Tlaib was activated yesterday, so he will play. As for the Rams, Gurley's healthy. I know the last time we saw him against KC, he had the banged up foot. Probably injured on that second play of the game. But they say he's completely healthy now. He'll be a monster tomorrow. <laughs> Are you starting him? You're certainly starting uh, Jared Goff. The three receivers. You start Woods, starting Cooks. No doubts there. I like Josh Reynolds tomorrow. I do. I understand he's uh, sort of a risky play. But once again, does it shock anybody coming off a bye? I know it's in Detroit, but it's a fast track. Shock anybody more if they score 40? Doesn't shock me. Doesn't shock me. I'll take my chance that one of those touchdowns goes to Reynolds. I will take my chance that Reynolds gets one of those. So that's why I like Reynolds tomorrow. Uh, I'm not starting over guys like you know Mike Evans or Diggs because he's banged up. Uh, when I start him over A.J. Green, probably not. I probably can't go there, but I can think about it. It's not an automatic for me. I like Reynolds tomorrow. That's where, that's where I'm going with this. I like Reynolds. Uh, the tight end, Everett, I know he had the big game against KC. Listen, the position is banged up. He, you, he may be valuable to you, but he's not in my top ten. He just misses. So keep that in mind there. But uh, I don't mind him either. Once again, points going to be scored, but I do think the tight ends, they are for uh, the Rams an afterthought. You know, they're yep. not really a part of the game plan there, so that's why it's hard for me to put them in there. But you may be in tight end hell. A lot of us are with all the injuries this year. You know, Howard's been hurt. Hureman got hurt. I forget the other tight end that got hurt last week. That's out. Uh, Jack Doyle, he's gone too. I mean, it's just been freaking brutal at tight ends. We're losing, it seems like we're losing two a week, and it's just, uh, hard to recover from here. Uh, bottom line is this. Outside of the tight end, if you have a Ram, <laughs> I assume he's starting more. That's just the, the way it is here. For the Lions, I'm starting Galladay. You know, I don't think I don't know if you have much of a choice there. I do think they'll, he'll he'll have some problems with Talib. I think think it's going to be a good matchup tomorrow. And um, listen, you can think what you want about Blunt, but the Rams haven't been good against the run. He's a tough yep. man to tackle. If he gets the goal line carry, he'll pay off. He saw he gets the Chicago Bears on Thanksgiving. He did get those goal line carries. He paid off. If he does it again, he'll pay off. But he's not going to be someone who gets 93 yards. You need that touchdown. Without it, you're not going to get much. And it's a valid concern in the second half when they're down by 17, 20 points. How much are they running? Yeah, it's a, a situation where in DFS, I, I wanted to, to like Theoretic just simply from they're going to be down, they're going to be throwing the ball a ton, uh, but he's 4700 which isn't that expensive, but for Theoretic, it is. Like, it's just that price point. I think he's priced correctly on DraftKings, where it's just at that price point where there's not a ton of upside. Uh, there's not the goal line carries. There's not the high volume from uh, touches. It's all pass completions, which obviously can be difficult uh, in the NFL at times. So uh, I wanted to have him in. I may still make my way back to him. Uh, but Blunt makes sense. Uh, it, it's going to be points scored here, uh, even by Detroit. Uh, at least you would project it out, and he's just 3,900 on DraftKings. So from a DFS perspective, uh, there is some definite upside uh, to playing Blunt and saving uh, on uh, running back a bit there. And then obviously you have uh, some upside plays in CMC and, and Ty Gurley. Uh, 
uh, Barkley against the Bears we'll talk about later on, uh, and then we can go uh, into the mid-tier. But I do like uh, the idea of at least having Blunt in your pl- player pool, seeing where your roster construction goes and making sure you're open to the idea of uh, him having some upside here in this matchup. Uh, Galladay is an interesting one. Do we get you know a Bruce Ellington game here because uh, Talib slides over and takes Galladay out? I don't know. I like this. Just uh, as George said, this Detroit team is just it's a mess. It's an absolute mess. Yeah, they're bad. they started the season so poorly, you know, the whole Matt Patricia doesn't have the locker room and then won a couple of games and they traded Golden Tate and all has fallen apart from there. Plenty still to get to here on Fantasy Sports today. In the second hour, we will open up the phone lines. The phone number is always 844-843-6879. That's the second segment of our second hour. As always, you can ask questions at FNTSY Radio. Back with more after this. Dan and George on Fantasy Sports Today. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day. Back here on Fantasy Sports Today, Dan Strafford, George Kurtz with you uh, up until 10 o'clock. Don't forget, you get uh, college football today there, and uh, we do have all the title games today. So, uh, big discussion points uh, around uh, the college football world. Lots to discuss at the top of uh, the 10 o'clock hour. We are with you until 10 o'clock, talking all things week 13 in the NFL. We'll take your questions uh, via the phone in the second segment of the second hour so stay tuned for that and as i said always over on twitter at fntsy radio uh steve did uh, just ask over there on twitter george about you ranking um digs or saying you'd play digs uh over reynolds uh he's concerned about the knee injury we talked about players being dinged up and how much that factors in any concern with the knee enough to downgrade someone like digs or do you trust that if he's going he'll be part of that offense I mean, Diggs himself said he's playing, that he feels good. So uh, is there some concern? Sure. And as I just responded back to Steve, the only way I can start Reynolds over Diggs is if we don't like what we hear pregame about this. You know, and also when we're not liking what we're hearing, the problem is, you know, Diggs has got a 4 o'clock game. Reynolds a 1 o'clock game. I like Reynolds, but odds are I'm not starting over Diggs. Can't do it. I mean, Diggs has a good matchup himself. You know, I think I think Minnesota will be able to move the ball in New England here. So I'm not going that. Uh, I can't. I like Reynolds. I don't like him enough to start him over Diggs, no. All right. Uh, let's uh, keep our train rolling along here as we talk game by game. Uh, we have Cardinals and Packers up next. And amazing to see the Packers minus 14. I get that the Cardinals are bad, but the Packers have struggled a bit here. And this feels like a strange spot where uh, that's a gigantic line. <laughs> and I, I get that the Cardinals don't score points. I get all those things. But that, that line definitely uh, jumped out at me when I first started doing some research early yesterday uh, where the lines were sitting. It is in Lambeau. It is supposed to be cold. It may snow, blah, 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 blah. But uh, I do think uh, you have some interesting pieces here. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers at home is always uh, an intriguing uh, prospect. Aaron Jones seems to be finally getting the touches we were all hoping he'd get early in the season. And Devonta Adams seems to be the only wide receiver that uh, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers likes throwing to. Uh, what do you got here? Are all these starts for you from the Green Bay Packers perspective, or do some of these have some warts? Uh, you know, I'm going through the weather now that you said that. 34 degrees, light snow, and breezy. Mm, mm, could be fun. I like snow games. I wouldn't mind some snow. But uh, this caught me a little bit off guard, too, the, the spread here. Damn, that's large. I know Arizona's mm-hmm. bad, you know, but Green Bay is really not much that better than bad. You know, they, uh, they're not a very good team either. Aaron Rodgers hasn't looked like the Aaron Rodgers of old. I imagine it's the knee. 
You know, I think he's had problems with it all season long. It's getting better, but I think it still hampered him a little bit there. I think we'll probably find out after the year there was some kind of tear in there. Uh, that he probably shouldn't have been playing with it, but whatever. Uh, I'm not. I'm not taking Green Bay in the points. I'm not taking Arizona either. I'm not touching this. Matter of fact, uh, you know, out of all the, there's a lot of large spreads this week. I mean, you said it. Green Bay here is one of them. Uh, the game we just did, Rams were minus ten and a half. Over Detroit, that's a large spread. Kansas City minus fifteen and a half over Oakland. That spread's gone higher without where, uh, without Hunt, which is somewhat surprising here. San Fran minus ten, and I think Dane asked me have it all. Which which of one of these large spreads I would take if I'm forced to take one? And I didn't even feel forced. One of my best of the week, I think, is the Rams minus ten and a half. Thinking, I just we just talk about. It. I'll take the I'll lay the ten and a half, and I'll take the Rams yep. to buy that they'll annihilate Detroit. But I won't do that with Green Bay. Um, I think they'll win the game win it probably pretty easily, but I could see a backdoor cover here coming in. I just don't know if Green Bay's defense, which has been so-so at best. David Johnson, I could see having a nice game here. Uh, Rosen's playing a little bit better of late. I just don't like the cover here. I don't. As for starting players here, uh, you're starting Rodgers. You're starting Devontae. I'm starting Aaron Jones. I don't want to start Jimmy Graham. I know we've been bellyaching about tight ends all show, about how it's desolate. I hope you can do better. Maybe you can't. Got the broken thumb. Wearing a cast. You know, I, I didn't... I just don't like it. Just don't like it. The other receivers. Cobb looks like he will play, which maybe puts things back in uh, the normal order in the universe for Green Bay as far as the receivers are concerned because MVS, Valdez Scanling, has been back in a milk cart in the past two weeks. I mean, they've moved him into a slot. He's not getting any targets. He's not getting, he's not getting anything. And I want to start him tomorrow. I do. But he's going to see someone Patrick Peterson. I don't think Peterson's going to travel and take De- Devontae Adams all over the field. Probably should. But I don't know if that's going to happen. Bottom line is I'm not starting MVS either. You know, I'm not going any lower than that. Cobb, unlikely, unless I'm desperate to start in this game. And as for Arizona, yeah, obviously he's starting Johnson. The, uh, Green Bay's defense not very good. Uh, I think Larry Fitzgerald is a wide receiver three, wide receiver four here. Christian Kirk could be in play as well, but that's more of a DFS play for me. I, uh, I I think uh, I've gone a couple of times with MVS's MIA, uh, but uh, probably too, too loaded of uh, initialisms there. But uh, let's let's touch a little further on this Devonta Adams. Patrick. Is that a word? It is. Initialisms. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'll up? Google it. I, if I made it up, I think it's a damn good poll out of nowhere, but I'm pretty sure it's a thing. Uh, let's, I do want to touch a little bit further on this Patrick Peterson. I I admit uh, wholly that every week uh, a lot of my research starts by reading Evan Silva's write-up over there on Roto World. Uh, Roto, uh, Evan, obviously one of the uh, premier fantasy and football analysts out there uh, with the, the fantasy angle, and he wrote specifically about this matchup. And I wanted to quote him directly here, which I think is intriguing to try to figure out the math. Uh, Adams draws 26% of his targets in the slot, whereas Patrick Peterson has traveled inside and just six snaps all year with just 13 and 17 routes run over the last two weeks. And then he goes into tight ends. Um, So there is a possibility here, George, that Adams gets a, a larger share of his routes out of the slot with the hope that Peterson doesn't travel inside. And so... I do think it's an intriguing math problem, honestly, to try to figure out what upside there is in 26% of snaps, um, or sorry, targets, 26% of targets, say he's getting 12 targets, so we're saying about four targets out of the slot. Is that enough upside where Peterson's not on him to enjoy uh, a Rogers Adam stack in DFS? That's where I think you know you have the confidence in a GPP. You're not doing that in cash games, but in GPP for the upside that could be there uh, could be intriguing, uh, and Adams has done a great job against top cornerbacks all, all year, but uh, I do think that was... Uh, an interesting stat line to, to pass across. Um, what happens next year with David Johnson? Do we get David Johnson back next year, you think, in full tilt? Or is this just going to be that bad of a, a Cardinals team that unless they spend a ton of money on the offensive line, David Johnson may have already seen his best years uh, in the NFL? Well, first off, initialism is indeed a word. So if you're playing Scrabble, that's that challenge. Bang. Good good for you, Dan. Good for you. Yeah, lost, lost that challenge. Uh, oh, well. Uh, I'm not going to tell you the meaning. Look it up yourself. Uh, as for uh, David Johnson, I mean, listen, since Byron Leftwich took over, offensive coordinator, he's been involved again. He's been fine. He's been the Johnson of old. They realized that, hey, he can catch the ball. Look at that. You know, things are better when we get him involved. This offense will get better as, you know, as Rosen gets better. That's just the way it's going to be. All right, so uh, it, 
it'll be better next season. I understand next season they probably won't have Fitzgerald. They're going to need a wide receiver. Yeah, right. Christian Kirk's nice, but they're going to need a wide receiver one, and so that that'll be an issue there. But it's it's a work in progress. And there's a, I mean, going real quickly next year the drafts. You're going to see guys. You know, Gurley's going to be taking a lot of Johnson, Bar- uh, Barkley, Elliott. Johnson won't be in that category. He's top three this year. You're wondering where he'll be placed. He won't be that next year. Right. Okay. That's the way that'll be because he's been. Uh, you're going to have some worries here, but how many how many touchdowns can he possibly get with this offense, which I don't see being dramatically better. Over, I think it'll be better, but not dramatically. So I think that's where you are with Johnson. But I'm not all that worried. He'll still be a first-round running back next year. Very good. Uh, let's move on to the game everybody's been waiting on here. Bills-Dolphins, a over-under of 40, uh, minus 3.5 as last I saw for uh, Miami here at home uh, with Buffalo visiting. You have... Uh, is it still minus? Yeah, minus three and a half. It dropped from minus six uh, on the open. You had the Dolphins at 23.25 implied, now down to 21.75. And you've had the Bills climb from 17.25 to 18.25 uh, with uh, 40.5 to open, now 40 as you're over under. Help us, George. Are we just ignoring no. this game? Yes. Yes. That's I spent more time on it than had. I already should. I mean, listen, this, this game is it's just one of those games where, as you like to tease me, I'll uh, be on the, the far screen TV of my and my, uh, my man cave, not going to be paying all that much attention to it. I mean, the Buffalo, okay? LaShawn McCoy, I get it. You probably have to go start him. And I don't, I don't even think you probably have to do that, but you probably are. Miami, it just comes down to Kenyon Drake. I wish they would give him the ball more. I wish he would start over uh, Franco. I wish he would be the ball, the main ball carry again. But the fumble issues he had in the beginning of the season really hurt him there. They haven't gone back to him full, you know, full speed yet. This team's in second place in the AFC East. Uh, just an ugly, ugly game here. Miami probably pulls it out. Uh, I mean, Tannehill may be playing for his job here this season. Listen, I, I'm not watching this game. It's McCoy, Drake. They're probably flex plays. Blah. Who cares? It's just not. There's no. There's no fantasy upside here. That's the bottom line. There's no fantasy upside here. Yep. Uh, there's not. So I think it's uh, worthy to move on. No wagers here either, right? This isn't a game you want to sweat out in any particular sense. Uh, so I assume you'd stay away from it from a, a, a wagering perspective as well, right? Well, I don't want to be forced to watch it. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. Under, yes, yes, yes. The under's forty. It's forty. I mean, my God, even uh, even Vegas thinks this game's gonna be gonna suck. Uh, minus three and a half sounds about right. I can see it going either way here, so I'm not touching that. And the 40s too low. I, and they want you to bet the over. Uh, they they they're telling you to bet the over. But the problem is when I, when I think of a score in my head, it's 20 to 17. Yep. And every time it's 20 to 17, it's just I'm not touching it. No, won't be going going anywhere near Miami. Yeah, it's 20 to 17 with more of an upside for the downside of points. Like there's more sense to saying it's 2010 or 1710 or 1713 as a final than 2320 like that that does not exist i think in the realm of possibilities here unless they start playing flag football like if, if they just say hey guys we're gonna do something a little different this week uh we're gonna play flag football we're gonna let uh no one can touch the quarterback and uh you're down two men on defense then, sure, points will be scored. Uh, let's uh, continue on. That's analysis right there. Uh, let's continue on to Bears-Giants. This is a fun one uh, because we have to determine what we think of Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham in this matchup with the Bears. Uh, Bears uh, on the road here, but I saw last a favorite at minus 3.5. We'll confirm that uh, with the live odds I have up. Just have to scroll. Uh, yeah, minus three and a half in favor of the Bears. It did open at minus four and a half, uh, 44 and a half over under. This one is at MetLife Stadium in uh, beautiful East Rutherford, New Jersey. My daughter finally asked, well, they're the New York Giants. Why do they play in New Jersey? I was like, well, yeah, strange things happen, my dear. And then I was like, but the Jets also play. Money, 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 so, money, money. Exactly. There it is. Uh, let's uh, dive into this one. I, I want to get your take on Barkley. Uh, obviously, again, I don't want to make this uh, a, a, something I repeat over and over again, but Barkley's a stud. You play your studs. You're in the playoffs. You have to get him in there. It's not somebody you're sitting against the Bears. But what's your range of outcomes here for Barkley? Like, what do you think is a reasonable expectation to have in this matchup? And what would you be doing with him in a, a DFS league or just a simply a league where where you're playing once a week, you, you get a different roster each week. Would he be someone you're targeting this week to have on your roster? It's, it's Barkley and Beckham are very simple here. In redraft, you're starting them. In anything you're talking about, DFS, one one week leagues, no, you're not. 
I mean, you'll, you can do better. It's not a great matchup. Right? It's not. I don't know what the hell the Giants were doing last week in the second half. That's a complete choke job against uh, against Philadelphia, where Olsen Barkley only gets five touches in the second half, but you're not throwing the ball to Beckham even to take advantage of that weakened secondary. I don't know right. what that is. In my mind, that that's a crime. Uh, if this was a Patrick wasn't a first year head coach, that's firing offense in my mind. But first year, you give him a break here. You'll give him, you give him a shot. You'll go, okay, hey, whatever. We'll, we'll move on here. But in my mind, right. that, that's a fireball offense. What the hell were you doing? And if, I, if the offensive coordinator is calling the play, you had nothing to do with it, then I'm having a, a real big talk with the offensive coordinator because you have to do one or the other. Barkley had a monster first half, and then you didn't use him in the second half. But you didn't go to Beckham either to take advantage because they were, what, Phil Davis was down five cornerbacks? And I'm not joking. I think it's what they were down. So what the hell? I mean, really, what the hell? Uh, I, I'm not even a Giant fan. I was ticked off. That doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, yep. I mean, really, just, just silly. Uh, but this week's a much worse matchup. I mean, Khalil Mack may feast. I don't know if they can block him. And the Chicago Bears might have the best defense in the NFL. Might. It's certainly up there, top three, top five, no matter how you want to slice it. Giants offensive line has played better. Giants have changed how, they've, uh, how they're putting their offense together. Even before Ingram got hurt, they have been going to double tight end sets, heavy tight ends, not even Ingram being a part of that, to give extra protection to Eli and to give more room in the running game for Barkley. Smart move. So you take away some pass routing options? Absolutely. But you're playing with what really is going to serve you best. And all of a sudden, the offensive line's played better. You know, Nate Solis played better. So yep. I think that bodes well in some ways. I don't trust Chicago. Because, you know, Chase Daniels, it was, it was okay against Detroit. On the road again, I think he'll be okay again. Uh, this, is, this is an interesting game here. So like I said, I'm, as for the Giants, I'm, in redraft, you have some Barkley and Beckham. They're in, they're in your lineup. Nothing you can do. All right? They're in your lineup. You don't even worry about it. That's it, though. I'm not studying anybody else on the Giants. No Shepard tomorrow. Ingram's out anyway, so you're not worried about him. Certainly no Eli. For the Bears, I'm not stu- Listen, I don't want to start Jordan Howard anymore. I'm done. I'm off. I'm off. Done. I hope you can do better than that. Tariq Cohen and PPR leagues, fine. I'm good with that. And I'm pretty much close to saying that's it for me there, too. Trey Burton has been kind of quiet. Once again, I get it. Tight end, desolate, tire fire of a position. You may have to start him. Giants, historically, have had problems covering tight ends. Uh, Allen Robinson, Miller, I think they're, you know, they're low-end wide receivers. Sure, I can see him putting in your lineup, but there's, not, once again, not much upside. Not with Daniels here. If it was Trubisky playing, I'd feel a whole lot better. But, but I'm just, there's nobody on Chicago that I'm excited to get into my lineup, even though it's a good matchup. It's just because of the quarterback, the backup. I just don't see a lot of points being scored in this game, not to make anybody truly fantasy-worthy. I do uh, have to say, this feels like a spot where Odell Beckham will go under-owned, and at 7,800, I like the upside. I, I do not doubt anything you said there, George, and every write-up is right that the Chicago Bears defense is very exceptional. Uh, they have struggled uh, against some outside wide receivers, and I just hope that the Giants know who they are and get him the ball here along with Saquon Barkley. It could be a big bus spot, absolutely, but in uh, GPPs, uh, Beckham's somebody I'm going to target uh, a bit here and hope for a bounce back and upside game uh, at low ownership. Haven't seen much ownership projections. Uh, a lot of sites have them out later today, so uh, we'll check those out as we go through. Three more 1 p.m. games to get to. Uh, we're coming up on the top of the hour. We'll roll through these uh, and into the 4 o'clock uh, in the second hour. But uh, I do want to double down. I, Odell may be my highest wide receiver, highest owned wide receiver. I, I'm going to work through that during one of the breaks and see where I end up. But I like Odell as a, a GPP flyer here uh, uh, with uh, hopefully very, very low ownership. Panthers, Bucks, uh, we'll talk about at uh, the top of the hour. It's a minus three for Carolina, 54 and a half over under Christian McCaffrey. Uh, set the star here again for the uh, Carolina Panthers. The Buccaneers obviously have some major problems going on. Plenty still to get to here on Fantasy Sports Day. The rest of the 1 p.m.s will hit on the 4 p.m.s. We will talk about daily fantasy. We will talk about wagering, and we'll take your calls in the second segment of our second hour. Back with more after this. Dan Strafford, George Kurtz, Fantasy Sports Today.